with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Chow. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all keeping well on this Monday evening. Lots to keep you entertained between now and 7 o'clock. So we have a jam-packed show as always. Of course, we're going to be discussing uh, that game in Crow Park yesterday. Shamrocks clawing their way to victory to a fourth consecutive Leinster title. I'm going to be catching up with the Kilkenny legend and former Kilkenny goalkeeper as well, Michael Walsh, to have a chat about that game. We'll also be talking to, uh, well, you'll hear from Pat Hoban as well, Shamrock's manager. Um, so we'll be we'll be talking a lot about the Shamrocks between now and seven o'clock. Uh, but you'll also hear from Johnny Tobin as well. He's going to give us an update on how Tullow RFC are doing in the league. Um, but first, I am joined on the line now, I'm delighted to say, by Olympic boxer and proud Kilkenny man Darren O'Neill. He has been elected as one of the new directors of the IABA uh, and he joins me on the line now. Darren, how are you keeping? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good. I, uh, first off, I just want to say congratulations to you, to you Darren. Um, great uh, achievement to, to be uh, appointed by your peers um, to be on, on the board. I, I, I'm sure it's, it's quite a privilege for yourself. Yeah, I suppose it is in one sense. You know, another, another sense, you can look at it and think, Christ, we have a lot of work ahead of us. But uh, look, it's, it's nice to be in the mix. Um, and as you say, to be recognised by your peers and, and, and voted in. Um, you know, and, and I suppose it just goes to show kind of the respect that uh, the O'Neill kind of name has gotten, gotten in, in Irish boxing um, largely and, and mostly due to my my my, uh, my father Ollie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. And and had it always been an ambition of yours, or is it just something maybe in recent times, Darren, that you thought I, I would like to be part of implementing some change now where the governance of boxing is concerned. Yeah, I suppose obviously in recent years you've seen um, we've seen how bad it has been. So I suppose I, I did a, a few years as a director of the Olympic Federation, um, you know, and right through the, the Rio fall out there with, with Fahaki and so on and so forth. So, you know, it was nice to be part of that and get it back on, on a, I suppose, a, a good... Um, a good uh, trajectory and I'd like to be you know hopefully be able to do something similar with, with the IABA you know yeah, definitely. And I know that, you know, the last few times that we've that we've spoke, Darren, and, and you know, I've, I've, I've had um, Gary Kyo on from Marble City Boxing Club as well. And yeah. it, it tends to just, you know, we tend to talk quite ne- negatively about the governance of, of boxing. But like, I suppose this is something to celebrate um, that, you know, there's a new there's new board members that have been appointed now. And in many ways, hopefully it will signal uh, a new dawn for, for Irish boxing is that is that your hope? Well, we'd be hoping so anyway. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, CEO, the CEO recently stepped down, so, you know, there'll be a new chief executive officer um, in the coming weeks or months, um, you know, with two new board members. And yeah, and there's been a few changes in, in the last few months alone that, you know, are kind of promising and we'd be hopeful that we can, I suppose, start getting the, the ship and uh, steer it correctly, you know. And uh, you're going to be joined by Fiona Hennigan uh, on the board yeah. as well. And I know that that had been a major objective uh, of the Boxing Authority to try and get more women involved uh, on the board, especially. Uh, so, yeah, uh, do you think that well, this is a change that, that, now that, that will... 
Yeah, that's that's sport wise. I mean, yeah. when I was in the Olympic Federation, you know, that was something that we needed to start looking at was equality across across the board. And obviously, you know, um, in recent years, because of Katie Taylor, Katie Harrington, and, and uh, you know, Amy Broder, so on, supporting in in recent in recent times, you know, the, the women are starting to really lead off in, in medals as well. So you know, as, as that's happening, there's more and more women getting involved in the sport from an admin point of view, from a coaching point of view, and from a competitive point of view. So, you know, maybe a few years ago there wasn't enough women involved to actually take um, board positions, but now they're, they're, I suppose, coming in um, more frequently, so we'll hopefully start to see um, a little bit more equality over the, over the next few years. Yeah, like we've so many um, female boxers that we've been celebrating over the last couple of years. You mentioned there Katie Taylor, uh, Kelly Harrington, uh, but, uh, you know, girls that are competing. But uh, I know you just mentioned there uh, coaching as well. Are, are you seeing a lot more women taking up roles as coaches as well? Yeah, of course. And, and, and you know, obviously it's it's um, because maybe they have their daughters or whatever else competing. I mean, in our own club, we, we have my own my own uh, mother, Carmel, as a qualified coach. We have Katrina Walsh out there coaching. Um, you know, and, and through the years we've had we'd have different um, lady coaches there. And, you know, it, it's just fantastic to have them there, you know. Um, and it does, it kind of, it kind of what was I going to say, I suppose it kind of broadens the... Was the experience for them, but even the knowledge, you know, whether it be look at me wrong, I'm not saying um, they're they're too soft or not, but but they, you know, they can recognise the times where the the old male approach of being very hard doesn't work, you know, and, and they, they get the best out of, of uh, our boxers at times, which is fantastic, you know. Yeah, definitely, and I was just mentioning that actually to our head of sport, Ken McGuire, there earlier on, even with regard to, you know, you can apply that to any sport, even I'm involved yeah. with Camogie back home in Wexford and um, like that, there's a few female coaches, there's men, uh, there, you know, there's males involved in the coaching of the girls as well, but they all have something different to, to yeah, offer, exactly you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's great to see that there's there's more women getting involved in coaching as well. But just back to you know being appointed on as a director on on the board now, Darren. What would be your key objectives? What would you like to to achieve um, as part of this role? Well, that I'm going to have to actually wait and see what what's there. You know, um, as I said, there's been a lot of change in in recent weeks and months. Um, so I suppose I just want to get in, get get a feel for the place first, and, and see for what's actually happening. Um, at the board level, you know, because you'd be talking to people over the last few years, and they're all telling them one thing, but it's not actually transpiring. So I'd like to actually see what what's going on in there, um, and you know, and then I suppose try to get some objectives. I'd like to see start seeing boxing, you know, getting it's it's. Um, so getting more of a foothold in, in the communities, um, you know, because we've been so successful, but we haven't capitalised on that at all. And it's, it's unfortunately been because of politics and I suppose the, the government's issues that have been there. So we'll have to just wait and see. Obviously, at an international level, um, there's more uproar there as well. Obviously, we see that, that boxing has been dropped from from the, the Olympic programme um, going forward. So hopefully that will change. But, you know, all we can do is look after ourselves for now and, and you know, we need to get our, our, our own national setup for, right first. And just on that, Darren, uh, you mentioned there, you know, about the Olympics 
the boxing being dropped from the Olympics in for for LA 2028. Do you have do you hold out any hope that that decision might be reversed? That maybe the boxing authority can get their ducks in a row and meet that criteria what they're looking for, and that hopefully boxing will be able to take part in um, in the Olympic Games in 2028. Because as you said there, that's where Ireland win. That's where we win the majority of our medals is in yeah, the sport yeah. of boxing. So that's devastating for the sport to think that possibly in 2028 that boxing won't be included in the games yeah I, I'm not very confident to be back to be honest with you um, I think once it starts offering prize money there it was two or three years ago I think that kind of signal that they won't really I suppose uh, going to align with the Olympic values uh, which is as you said highly disappointing from an Irish point of view and, and from an athlete's point of view I mean you know I grew up as a kid um, you know you dream of Olympic Games you know and that's you know if there's, there's whatever age maybe you know young kids 10, 11 whatever it may be coming through and they're looking at you know um, a few years down the line um, their chance of maybe qualifying for Olympics are gone yeah, it is. It's really it's it's very yeah. disappointing to think that. But look, I think small incremental changes, even locally, just even here in Ireland, um, it's something to be positive about anyway. Uh, but I do want to talk to you as well, uh, Darren, about your dad. Uh, you mentioned Holly there just at the start of the the interview. Uh, he was yeah. honoured recently yeah. with a lifetime achievement award by the IABA, um, that was on Friday evening. That was at the when you were celebrating fifty years of Town Boxing Club must have been a huge honour for him and I'm sure for yourself as well um, as his son uh, you must have been so proud of him Absolutely um, you know my dad's been a coach my entire life you know um, and you know, like any father and son you're going to have your your, your disagreements at times you know yeah. very very early have that with, with Ollie you know he's he's, uh, he's just salt of the earth you couldn't ask for a better father better coach or, or friend you know he, he's been fantastic and you know it was a, it was a fantastic night because as I said it was 50 years um, anniversary for the club we had um you know, we had some of the, like, obviously my dad always was involved in informing it along with his brother Tom. Uh, Amy Carl both have passed away and, and Mikey Kinsler, um, our first series champion, was always involved and he was actually there on the night, you know, and we had some other, um, you know, ex-boxers, uh, Paul Hogan, for example, won an Irish title with, with Paul down years ago and he's back coaching now this year, helping out, you know, um, and we had boxers from from Gorey, uh, Clane, and Scordy, Marble City, obviously lo- local guys, um, Tolerton as well, you know, and and then as I said, the 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 idea they just recognises um that I suppose uh, I suppose the commitment and passion and, and I suppose his success in boxing in uh, over a long long period, you know, and and it was presented by the the current president uh, Jerry Jerry Manny and in actual fact there was two ex-presidents were there as well and Pat Ryan and Port Leash and Dom Rope from Matoy, um, you know, so it was great to have that and and you know um. I suppose Dad himself was obviously extremely um, shocked and surprised, but obviously so grateful to get it. Um, and you know, obviously from from our point of view, we're all also very very proud of him. Um, you know, and and I would just like to say thanks very much for everybody who did make a massive massive contribution last Friday night. Even um, you know, as I said, fifty years in the making. We had uh, obviously our own coaches there all year round. Um, you know, and I think last last Friday. Frankie O'Hara is one of our coaches putting an awful lot of work in trying to um, organise things and get rings in place and, and so on and so forth you know as I say we boxers from all over different clubs um, you know with sponsors 
he had volunteers who helped lay out the hall. You know, we uh, my, my own mom and aunt and, and our cousins and, and a few others, um, you know, come around just serving out tea and so on and so forth. Just making the small little bits to make everything go together. Um, you know, I made, made it a little bit special. And I suppose, uh, obviously, for Dad then, you know, obviously, I did, I did the exhibition. And he was <laughs> he stuck to every fight. He can't, he can't take his eyes <laughs> off it. But, you know, and, but then you had, you know, even to, to reel it back for him, you know, to make it really special, you had Jim O'Sullivan there, who's trained record holder with Kennedy Egan for the most national titles ever won, who has boxed Dad on numerous occasions. Um, I have great respect for Dad. And he came up from from uh, from Wexford to, to see the show and to, I suppose, to, just to support that. Um, you know, you had Jimmy Walsh, Colin, you had the QO family, you know, as we know from Marble City, we had Paddy Brennan, Thornton, you know, so many other, um, mm. I suppose, coaches and, uh, I suppose, boxing people who rallied around just to kind of show their appreciation and, you know, and, uh, I suppose, just celebrate the, the achievement with, with, with that. Yeah, I was, it was looking uh, at was some fantastic. of the... Looking at some of the pictures there on the on, on Facebook today and yeah. a huge crowd down there. And as you mentioned there, people travelling from far and wide. I, I saw Adam Nolan there as well from down my right, part yeah. of the country um, up it as well. So it just goes to show the respect um, that people have for your dad and for you and, and the respect for the club, Paulstown as well. Um, listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Darren. And again, congratulations on your new appointment as one of the new directors uh, on the board of the IABA. Um, thanks so much. Much and look, we'll we'll chat to you again very soon. That's great. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. Uh, right. That was uh, Darren O'Neill. There, uh, he's an Olympic boxer, and of course. Uh, proud Paulstown man as well. We're going to take a quick ad break now coming up after the break. You're going to hear from Pat Hoban, Ballyhale Shamrocks manager, so do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartzVolkswagen.ie Full time on KCL or well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartzVolkswagen.ie Welcome back to the show with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as I mentioned just before the ad break, you were going to hear from Pat Hoban, Ballyhale Shamrocks manager. They managed to get a three-point victory over Dublin champions Kilmacrud Crokes yesterday, but it was a hard-fought battle. They clawed their way back there at the end, and our very own Brendan Hennessy caught up with the main man himself, Pat Hoban, at the full-time whistle. Pat, Pat, I know you quite a while, but uh, I don't know you well enough to sum up that game because it, it was a game of two halves. But anyway, your Leinster champions and uh, Ballyhale have done it four in a row. Yeah, that's what I was just saying to some of the guys there. You know, I think we got to give Ballyhale huge credit. They've won four Leinster titles in a row, never achieved before by any club. Uh, we had to do it the hard way. Yes, we were in a comfortable position. We should have probably closed it out. But I think that still we showed huge character to actually drag it over the line when, when it mattered most. I was saying to Michael in commentary, the two-score game was vital at the time, Dean was after bringing up a fantastic save but to be fair they can match in waves but we mustn't forget the great work you had done in the first half also yeah we you know we were so conscious last week of, of starting poorly that today we really came out of the blocks and I think we imposed Ballyhale everything good about it hurling scores physicality I think you know and we bossed that first half big time um, you know our ambition at half time was to continue that we knew there was a strong wind we knew they'd come but we started the second half well two points on the board and you're saying right we're in a good spot but I think we conceded a sloppy enough 
enough goal and they got a bit of momentum we struggled to win a puck out we struggled to get on the ball and we knew going into the game the pace that they carried and that causes a huge threat yeah, the score two twelve in the second half as well does that cause you a bit of concern? Absolutely, yeah. No, no. Like as I said, fair play to to Croaks. You know, to come into I don't know if it's their first Leinster final, yeah. but they haven't been in too many, and to come up you know, to be twelve down against the Ballyhill Shamrocks, a lot of teams would have dropped the head, but they didn't. So uh, huge credit to them. In relation to your own team, Pat, I know your Leinster champions, as we said, um, good game all around. I suppose you're happy you've won the match, but probably a little bit of work to do now coming into a semi final. There's always work to do. There's always work to do, and look the reality is if you know if we had to continue on and win that game by 12 or 15 points the expectation would be right up I think today would not be good enough against Ballygunner we know that the players know that so we have a lot of work to get right two great tests Nace was a big test for you last week Kilmacud in the second half there's an absolutely massive test so that'll serve the team good going forward yeah look and it's it's a testament to Leinster club hurling too and the, and the great work that's going on uh, you don't win anything easy you know today was an unbelievable test last week again as I said very physical tough game so we're delighted to come through it we came up with one job that's to win and we've won and now we can move on to a semi-final uh, change just before the start I know you probably know more about it than we as manager but Ronan will he be back for Ballygunner what way is he? Yeah I know we'd expect Ronan to be back there he just picked up a bit of a knock last week so he wasn't really fully ready to go today so uh, with two weeks to go we'd fully expect him to be back okay. Michael made a point upstairs as well uh, three of the four teams that were in last year's semi-final so the teams that make winning become a habit are now back in the semi-final slot Neil losing out to Dunlai today which obviously was a bit of a cracker we thought they had won it but they hadn't but tomorrow the story he won so form form is permanent I suppose if you can keep it going yeah like it's it's momentum is everything um, would you like to be winning a bit easier than we did today you would but like I, I'd still like to come through a game which we were tested really tested as I said earlier a lot of teams would wilt but the Shamrocks dug it out uh, and, and kept their noses in front Kenny Hurling people might say this evening did you lose your shape a little bit in the second half or was it just that they said they had to throw everything at you when they came at you in waves and you know did you lose your shape a little bit we definitely did I suppose we're coming at us and you know it's so hard here in Crow Park to, uh, to to influence what's happening on the field from the line because they can't hear you. Uh, the officials are all over you. So you know you're trying to make switches, you're trying to make changes, you're trying to get that shape back. But but really, reality is it, it's got to happen on the pitch. That's the reality of Crow Park. And before I do let you go, we always talk about scores and about the forwards and how defenders play end up. But the word on Dean Mason, a cracking save at a vital game and a vital part of the game. And last week the same. So he's a goalkeeper that's standing up to be counted with some fantastic saves again today. Yeah, look, uh, the goal he's are there to do that uh, to be fair to Dean and he is a top class keeper he's involved with the Kilkenny senior panel and hopefully he can drive on in that regard but look he's there to do a job he is a great shot stopper and uh, thank God he, he's standing up for us OK well you won it Pat and that's the main thing and we look forward to seeing you in a fortnight's time in the semi-final yeah. whether it be here or Turles we don't know but uh, it's going to be busy weekend between Camogie World Cups and semi-finals your big concern is the AIB Club All-Ireland semi-final versus Ballygunner Absolutely yeah uh, the World Cup is not, not <laughs> of any concern to us yeah absolutely Okay. Thanks so many for that, Pat. Well done. That was Pat Hoban, uh, Ballyhale Shamrocks manager, talking to our very own Brendan Hennessy there. And Brendan also caught up with Kilmacud Croaks joint manager Kieran Dowling, and here's what Kieran had to say. Kieran, that was some battle at half time. Your backs were to the wall, but in fairness, to your lads, you come out and you give it yeah. one hell of a go in the second half. Yeah, we, we don't. 
lie down um, it's something that we've been working on over the last number of years with all the young fellas is that you go to the 65th 70th minute we showed it last year against Lafina you know even last year when we lost, lost the clock Balacala we just went hard until the 63rd minute so you know carry your shield or come home on it and we're going home on our shield today but that's life you live and learn and move on you died with your boots on did big time proud of them very proud of them I was only said to Michael in commentary I said at the past for Shamrocks to keep it at a two score game was vital Dean brought up a fantastic oh. save and you got it. You got a great chance in the end also so you did get the chances you no, just didn't did. have to look and the, just, the clock came against you and, and that's just life we left ourselves too much to do we're talking about what has been the, the greatest club team of all time um you know, so for us to go toe-to-toe, it is something we have dreamt of and something that was in our vision over the last 20 years that we would keep building through winning as much as we could at underage to build a team that was capable and you know, getting Colossal on with five or six of that team to beat Cairns was... was another stepping stone in it like this year we lost the under 19 final one under 17 one under 16 one under 15 so we just have to keep working at, at building our team and getting there because there is no real history like 60 years ago there was no club Yeah. so you know, it, it takes time to build it and, and we will we'll keep building keep working well you certainly have plenty to build on after what we witnessed today yeah no no it's it's great we just have to keep going and, and keep getting better and come back next year three in a row in Dublin will not be easy but we'll try and do it yeah it was a good advertisement for Leinster Hurling too because Nace here last week to their credit and yeah. I know St Mullins were probably a bit flat but in fairness Smallish. you were by far the better team yeah but like Nace, Nace would have beaten a lot of our lads at underage when they would have played the under 14 when their John Dillon's team got to fail a final uh, and that age group was the same as when Nace got to f- their fellow final and frankly they could have beaten us that year if they'd been in the same division so you know they're very very good and that's what you want to see and tell me Kieran, just to get inside the, the dressing room of Kilmacud now that the game is over what exactly did you say to the lads at half time I know it's a cliche that people say no, commentators say it, what it, they it's say. very calm we're, we're not shouters yeah. um, we just ask them to go back to the basics of what we do and do it well and don't stop move it move your feet get the ball drive on swamp them with tackles um, turn them over and when you get the chance take it just go hard leave no, no regrets and in fairness they worked very very hard to do it it was brilliant T- clock just caught you at the end that's life Okay, well listen commiserations on no the problem. defeat but well done on a great effort and I'm sure we'll see this Kilmacud team back on the bounce again and enjoy the Christmas and well done on a great effort during the year thanks a million good man thank you, thank you very much that was Kieran Dowling, their joint manager of Kilmacud Croaks, talking to our very own Brendan Hennessy. We're going to be continuing our chat about Ballyhale. I'm going to be talking to Michael Walsh after the break, so do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LaHartzVolkswagen.ie Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to the show. Sinead Kyo here with you until 7 o'clock. Now, if you were tuning in just before the ad break, we were talking about Ballyhale Shamrocks and how they had to dig deep yesterday at GAA HQ to overcome Dublin side Kilmacud Croaks. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by former Kilkenny, former Kilkenny All-Ireland winner and KCLR analyst as well, Michael Walsh. Michael, how are you doing? I'm good, Sinead, and yourself? Good, not too bad. Uh, good to be speaking to you again. It's been a while. Um, Michael, absolutely crazy stuff in Crow Park yesterday. I think we all thought, really, that it was done and dusted in the first half, but how wrong we were. 
Yeah, and even five minutes into the second half, it was one eighteen to seven points, and you couldn't see a team. I suppose like Ballyhale, um, you know, surrendering anything near what it did, but it was an amazing finish to it. And, you know, all credit to Kilmacud, they really had a go and uh, they made a really exciting match of it. Um, it actually came down to a bit of luck, a bit of individual brilliance. Um, you know, the second goal that Ballyhale got was just went all the way to the net. I thought at the time someone got a flick on it, but they didn't. And, you know, uh, Dean Mason made a couple of great saves and, uh, you know, that, that's where that match turned. If you had said that at half-time, people would have laughed at you because they were so, so much on top. And I did want to bring that up to you, actually, Michael, because, you know, I, I'm i very aware of the fact that you are a, a former goalkeeper and that fluke goal there for Ballyhale Shamrocks yesterday, like, I know that we were all rooting for, for Shamrocks, you know, watching the game, but you would have to feel sorry for them seeing that goal go in. Nine times out of ten you'd have that in the hand but I don't know what what do you think it was Michael I don't know did you get a chance to, to watch it back on TV after was it just was it misjudged or what was what, what actually I'd happened say, here I'd I think say, No I'd actually say that uh, the, in fairness to the goalkeeper I said it back at the forward or right in on top of him and I'd say it just it was just that split second he might have just you know it only takes a split second to take a right off the ball and I'd say that's what happened there but they were all very close that's why I actually thought at the time someone got a touch but obviously I uh, found out later that it didn't. But, um, you know, it's amazing like that they, they had Kilmacud had got the match back to a point and then this this happens and it's back to four again and it really killed them, you know. And from there to the end, there was a bit of a, an even-steven match where before that, you know, Kilmacud had got 1-7 on the bounce. I've never, ever seen that before uh, against Valley Hale. But, you know, sometimes things happen and maybe it's, it, it's a good thing going forward that, that it is and it'll maybe help them iron out some stuff they need to do. Yeah, I think so. I think there was a lot of learning there yesterday, uh, Michael. And, you know, it is, it's crazy to think I was sitting down watching it with my dad uh, yesterday and when they went 14 points up, he just turned to me and said, that's it, game over. Uh, and I said, Asher, look, teams have done it before. They've come back. He's like, not against not against the Shamrocks, but they came very, very close, uh, as you said. And the, that goal going in for the Shamrocks, the, um, that was really the, the turning point. But yeah, like for Pat Hoban we were listening to him just before the break there there was I could hear there was a bit of concern um, in his voice there's a good bit of work to do now before they face Valley Gunner yes in some ways that might be any harm it's just that you certainly wouldn't want to go through a period for as long as yesterday that it is because Valley Gunner would, would put you to the sword but um the Sarmrocks have, have a really, really good team and, uh, you know, they, to put themselves in that position, they had to hurl very well. Uh, they missed an awful lot of chances as well yesterday, which is not normally their way. Um, I think in the second half, the wind was maybe even stronger than we thought because a lot of balls dropped shorts uh, to the keeper. But, you know, they put good patches together, but uh, they, need to, they need to put that together for more than, than they've been doing so far and, and maybe, you know, that that might be the case. But this still, this still to me is a 50-50 game. I know a lot of people are saying today that maybe Valley Gunner have an edge. I, I just still think this is a 50-50 game and the Shamrocks were very hurt last year by what happened and they certainly have huge motivation there. So uh, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't put this as any more than a 50-50 game because the Shamrocks have the, they have the brilliant players to, to affect any game really. I was just listening there to um, the joint manager for uh, Kilmacud Crokes as well, Kieran Dowling, and uh, you know yeah. he mentioned that it was their first Leinster final, um, and of course you know it's definitely not Ballyhale Shamrock's first rodeo. I know they've been there plenty of times before. Do you think that it was maybe experience that just stood to them in the end, Michael? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely a little bit because even even at the end there, Jim McCud were were making mistakes again when when they got very close, and it's a real sign of nerves. But I saw Jim McCud the Sunday before against St Mullins, and I was very very impressed by their pace, and it certainly they came came to the fore when they were on a roll yesterday. They, they just ran at the Bally Hill defence and it caused them awful trouble. And you know they got as I said they got two goals, and but for Dean Mason made two fantastic saves again. It would have been four, and you know they really really were on top of that stage, and I. I found, it, I found it amazing because, as I said, I've never seen that before. And your dad is right. Uh, you know, when when Ballyhara fourteen points up to ten to push it out rather than the other way around. But look, at, it's an extra final. They'd be delighted to win it. They've created a history again, four in a row, first time ever. And now they look forward to a semi final with lots to work on, which will please will please their management as well because you know it's great to have things to work on going, going forward. Yeah, and just another observation there from yesterday as well was TJ. I suppose he always, you know, he he always stands out. But I think it wasn't his best game. But I think the thing for TJ really was just the consistency on the freeze, Michael. And you compare that with Kilmacud Crokes. There was a couple of frees there that they missed that were very scorable opportunities. And it again, it just brings it back to that point. And I know that we've we've brought this up many times before. The importance of having a really consistent free taker. Uh, it's just vital isn't it yeah and you're dead right and you know in the midst of everything we're talking about this goal and that goal and but uh, he, he got two frees into the second half right one right in the corner and then another one further back into the breeze not easy at all it's incredible for Kilkenny and the Shamrocks like he is the best free taker I've ever seen because he just never misses he, I know he misses an odd one here and there, but he just doesn't miss when it's important. And you're dead right, they missed a few, and he's never he's never going to miss. And you know he nails them as if he's out in the field practicing the whole time. Like there was serious pressure on the particularly the last two, and he just he just uh, as if he was just out in Ballyhale practicing, nailed them every time. And and that's huge for a team to have that, to be able to fall back on that. I know that you were mentioning there is about um, how Kilmacud Crokes ran at Shamrocks, and it didn't. It was seemed to be something that they they weren't able to cope. But why was that? Do you think is that a bit of a chink in their armour? Well, it's it, it, it's it's something similar in the first half to the week before. It's probably just maybe a bit of reorganisation and maybe dropping someone a bit deep. And I, I saw right in the middle of that spell, TJ was over on the line talking to one of the management of Ballyhale, and Richie Reid was at pains uh, making. Uh, gestures to whoever in the middle of the field maybe maybe they'll just suck them out and maybe they'll just have to have a look at that that, that uh, uh, they'll have to drop maybe someone a small bit deeper but now Valley Gunner will play a different way anyway so it mightn't have the same effect but they are fairly lethal up front as well and they do have pace but more so in their inside line rather than their outside line so it mightn't it mightn't have the same bearing but definitely they ran through the middle a, a number of times yesterday and, and maybe that, that just a bit of reorganisation, maybe maybe that they just lost their shape a bit along the way, somewhere along the line. Yeah, and I think ultimately it will stand to them in good stead that they had such a challenge there yesterday that, you know, it wasn't just another mauling of, of another team in, in Leinster uh, before they eventually met Bally Gunner. So I think it's, as I said before, there's definitely going to be a lot of learning um, and a lot that they'll take from that game yesterday. But just on, on Bally Gunner then, you know, I think... When you talk about the super clubs, Ballyhale Shamrocks are always mentioned. Ballygunner is always mentioned. Two of, the, two of the, the best teams really in the country. I think no one would really argue with that coming up against each other now in two weeks' time. Um, it's sure to be a cracker, Michael. 
Yeah, no, it is the two best teams in my view, um, and that's not being disrespectful to the other two teams. Uh, as we know, St. Thomas's are another fine team, but I think that Ballyhill and Ballygunner are just on a different level, and it'll be so interesting the game. As I said to you, what happened yesterday might work out to be the best thing ever happened in the end. Now, it was a little bit alarming, and it's, it certainly wouldn't want to happen in, in the next match, but certainly, look, they have. They have the individual brilliance. They also have the physicality, but so do Valley Gunner. It was a massive game last year. In the final last year, the Sarnox were the better team. They actually had the match won and probably should have had it had it pushed out a bit further. They didn't, and they paid for it. They'll have huge motivation uh, to try and overturn that, and a huge number to do it as well. So that makes this game a 50-50 game for me, no more, no less than for either team. Michael, something else I wanted to ask you as well, it's slightly off topic, um, but it's yeah. just something I was interested to get your, your view on. I, the GAA now are proposing um, a five-year ban for for uh, indiscipline and for um, you know offence against officials uh, I just I, obviously we've seen a lot of instances there of violence on the pitch brawls and uh, attacks on referees and so on just interesting to know what your view is on it uh, does does it go far enough do you think it's maybe too severe uh, what, what are your thoughts on that um, I think no penalty for um, attacking an official is strong enough they, like, the, the stronger they go the better now everybody has to be accountable for the perform- performances I understand that more than anyone everyone has to be accountable for the performances in given games and that includes referees linesmen umpires and all that we're all accountable and we're all we have to accept criticism and that, that comes with the territory and I'm sure that they look back on matches and they see their mistakes as well as everybody else does but if it gets to a physical altercation with an official well then there should be there should be no uh, no, based on sanctions, it should be the highest ever. You cannot, you cannot do that. It's, 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 it's just not acceptable. Um, verbal abuse as well. I, I know that we all have close referees at times, and <laughs> they'll have a go back as well. But they know in the heated moment these things can happen, and that's fine. Uh, once it doesn't get out of hand, but uh, certainly a physical altercation with any official is just absolutely not on the agenda whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting to get your your thoughts on that, Michael. And if any of the listeners have any views on that, do get in touch with us on the Dinners Ready text line as well. It's 0833069696. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Uh, it was lovely chatting to you it. again. I'll, I'll talk you to you too. again soon. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Michael. Uh, that was uh, Michael Walsh, their former Kilkenny hurler and KCLR hurling analyst as well. We're going to take a quick ad break. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking to Carlo's finest, Johnny Tobin. Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, Tolo RFC continue their winning ways after their 14-point victory over Table Toppers Wicklow. And I'm j- delighted to be joined on the line again by Tolo RFC coach uh, Johnny Tobin. Johnny, are you there? How are you doing? Sinead, how things? Yeah. Not too All bad. Good, good. Uh, not so long since we spoke, just last week. But I did want to just get an update from you. Uh, last week we were talking about how Tullow were going to be meeting Wicklow um, in their next game. So they played that there yesterday. Uh, and it was a great day for Tullow RSC. They got the win and now they're sitting second on the table. Yes, fantastic day. Now, to be fair, started off with their second, getting a big win, first 26 eight against Wicklow seconds which is a very good day out for them and it also starts off the day well for the seniors um, 
a bonus point win against Wicklow, which nobody anticipated. We, we hoped for a win, but um, the five point win came and it was great now. Um, 25 14, it finished, it was 14 13 at half time. And you're kind of thinking, oh no, here it goes again, Wicklow are going to hold it out because, to be fair to them, and credit where credit is due, they've been unbeatable all season and they would have that uh, aura about them that they, they can't be touched because they're very good defensively. But if they get a half an inch in a, in a space, they're going to score and they're going to cause you problems. So um, our defence was absolutely immense yesterday. It was, it was incredible to watch. Like Some of the young guys really fronted up. I spoke last week about that link coming from the young lads to the old lads. And I said when it happens, it's going to be very, very hard to deal with. Uh, I hoped it happened last weekend and it did um, came to fruition the young lads were really good Jack McDonald was exceptionally good Ryan O'Neill very good um, uh, Adam Johnson was incredible scored a last minute match with, uh, bonus point uh, try and converted it himself so really really good day out really really positive um, now sitting second in the table at Christmas everyone in the top four lost except ourselves Carlo had a loss uh, I thought he had a loss and obviously we beat Wicklow so we come out on top there and it looks really really good now going into the break you know? Yeah, and I know that that was exactly what you were looking for. It's really an ideal scenario for yourselves now, uh, Johnny. And last week when we spoke, you were saying that, you know, you were a little bit concerned maybe that complacency might creep in, but that hasn't happened. Um, and now you look forward to a meeting with Mullingar in January. Yeah, like, look, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves either because the league is not won yet. And there's no point in being too arrogant. Yes, we beat Wicklow. Yes, it was very, very good. But we've an awful lot of work to do. Mullingar after coming off the back of a really good win yesterday against Carlos, so they'll be buzzing too. And when we met them earlier in the year, we put a lot of points on them. So we have to travel up the road to them now on the 15th of January, which will be a no easy feat. But look at the complacency wasn't in at all. Uh, Tuesday in training, lads were sharp. Friday in training, lads were sharp. Sunday, everything from the get-go was really, really good. Yes, we were 14, 13 down at half time, but we were just we were just immense. We were so hard to live with, like. Um, I was talking to the Wicklow coach yesterday and he said our defence was, was the best defence he's came up against uh, so far this year, which is an incredible comment to get from such a good coach, to be fair. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's, it's, not, it's not about... The, like the, the win for the lads yesterday is a massive, but it's not about that. I'm in a uh, WhatsApp group with a couple of old boys in the club, you know, updating them on games and stuff, when they're not able to get the matches. It's what it means to them lads. Like the club's in an incredible place at the moment. It, it's, it's onto something special and it's driving in the right direction. Everything is starting to click. And there's ambition there. There's a lot of young guys coming back to the club the last couple of years because of the ambition. Like, and it's good for them all boys, the likes of Larry Canavan and John Brown. When you see them walking on the sideline with smiles on their faces, and you know the young lads are after doing something well, building a few rows of blocks on the foundations that them boys put down. And that's what it's all about, you know. There's a real good community spirit in the club. It's really, really positive again. And like I said last week, it, it's been away for a few years, but everything is just immense at the moment. Everything's in the right place. It's, it's, it's incredible to watch. It's incredible to be a part of as well. That's brilliant, Johnny. And just before I let you go, we're, we're running out of time, but I do want to mention as well, the the women's team, they're just absolutely flying it at the moment as well. Another win against Blackrock College at the weekend too. Yeah, and like, like I said last week, they're the driving force behind everything. They really are. Like, uh, they've been mustering along there all year, you know, with a um, couple of girls missing through injury and not being able to feel the full 15 at the time, struggling to get out. And now they're... They're after pipping two AIL clubs, albeit their junior team, their second team. But like that's irrelevant, you know. They've, their girls are training with senior girls. They're in a good atmosphere. Our girls are starting to build really well. And they're a good scout there against Black Rock, which puts them now three from three going into the break at Christmas as well. Which will, which, like in turn, it'll, it'll um, we'll all come right during the Christmas break, you know. Like these two or three weeks off, we'll get everyone back from injury and we'll, we'll be able to nourish people. We'll be able to mind lads who are carrying knocks for the last couple of weeks and ladies as well. 
But the ladies were immense on the weekend. Like they played in an absolute treacherous weather. Uh, I was looking at some of the photos on Facebook, and I said, "Jeez, if I was a coach, I wouldn't even stand out in that." The rain that was falling and the muck and the pitch. But they just they just mustered on. They got the job done, and they, without, without their coach as well, because Paul is their coach, but he also plays in our first team. So like he's do he's doing a job in there, and he's doing a great job. To be fair to him, uh, he's working split shifts, so he's on week off, week off on nights, and he's getting the girls training. He's making sure they're going into their gym and doing the regime there. And uh, look, everyone is buying into that's what that's the whole thing about this culture change out there now in the swing and in the in the atmosphere. Everyone is buying into it. It's not just the lads. Like you can have loads of success with your senior team, and everyone talks about them. But sometimes people forget about the women and the youths, and they're all going incredibly well. Like the women are just fantastic at the moment. It's great to see, you know. And the youths are like our youth system at the moment. Our 18s are can't even get a friendly game. Nobody wants to play them. They're, they're going that well. Like that, that's that always strong. a good sign, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like I get phone calls every week of work. Kenny College team playing them. It's just we can't make it happen because yeah. of the logistics with school and stuff. But like that, like we can talk about our senior team all the time, and you can rave and laugh about how good they are. And yes, they are good. And yes, they are putting in an awful lot of effort. But so are the women. Mm. And they're putting in just as much work. They're two nights a week as well. They're gym programming. And they're going on Sundays. They're missing their whole day Sundays uh, to go travelling to Black Rock and places. So, look, it's very, very good. It's very, very positive. And like I said earlier, it's just incredible to be out there in yeah. that atmosphere and be a part of that, you know. No, that's great. Listen, thanks so much for, for joining us again, uh, Johnny. We'll have to leave it there. But look, I'll chat to you again soon. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Thanks a million. That was uh, Johnny Tobin there. He's uh, one of the coaches there in Tullow RFC. We're going to have to leave it there. Thanks so much to all of my guests uh, that I've had on over the last hour. Shannon Redmond is up next for Owen Carey for Fully Loaded. I'll be back with you next week, so do join me again. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in over the last hour. Talk to you again very soon.